0: chapter thirteen of the rover boys in camp by arthur m winfield this liberox recording is in the public domain reading by matt perrard chapter thirteen the fight at the boathouse inside of a week the newly elected officers felt perfectly at home in their various positions captain putnam's idea of allowing only such cadets to be candidates as could fill the positions properly had borne good fruit and the battalion was now in better condition than ever before contrary to general expectations larry colby as major proved a strict disciplinarian when on parade in the playground he was as chummy as ever but this was cast aside when he buckled on his sword and took command this is as it should be was captain putnam's comment and it is the same throughout life play is play and business is business as a captain dick was equally successful and tom also made a good second lieutenant company a was speedily voted superior to the others when drilling and when on the march and consequently became the flag-bearer for the term this is splendid said dick when the announcement was made and then he went at company a to make the cadets drill and march better than ever but though the students gave considerable time to military matters they were not permitted to neglect their regular studies and to their honor be it said that the three rover boys pitched in with the will if i can't be an officer i'm going to be a high-grade student anyway said sam and kept his word books suited him better than did military glories and soon he was at the top of his class in almost every branch of learning many of the cadets were anxious to know where the annual encampment would be held but for the time being captain putnam declined to discuss the subject we will talk about that as soon as lessons are done for the term said he i don't believe we'll go to briar grove again said powell to dick a farmer has built a house up there and is clearing off the land as fast as he can i wish we could go to some place at a distance returned dick all of us know this territory pretty well i like to visit new localities so do i during those days the rover boys received a letter from their father which proved unusually interesting anderson rover wrote in part as follows you will be surprised to learn at this late date that something had been heard about arnold baxter a man who knows him fairly well met him a few nights ago in Owego. the news was telegraphed to me at once and the local police were informed but since that time nothing more has been seen or heard of the rascal the man said he was well dressed and had been stopping at a leading hotel evidently he is using what was stolen in Owego, cried sam why that city isn't over fifty miles from here this is his old stamping ground put in tom for all we know he may now be hanging around ithaca or cedarville i don't believe he'll come here said dick he is too well known oh if only we could lay hands on him dick wish we could tom but arnold baxter knows enough to keep out of our clutches wonder if he knows what became of dan like as not our story was in all the newspapers and they mentioned dan too if that is so it's more than likely he thinks we are responsible for dan being left behind on the island i'm not going to bother my head about arnold baxter put in sam if he shows himself i'll have him arrested that's all one day after another slipped by and all of the boys continued to study with a will once they received long letters from Dora stanhope and Nellie and grace laning and sent long letters in return wish the girls were back here said dick but this could not be as they had decided to remain in california for a while longer and the boys had to content themselves by sending the girls keepsakes by which to be remembered on the friday afternoon preceding the final week of the term tom and sam walked down to the lake intending to go out in a boat for a short row as they drew close to the boathouse they heard loud talking and then a cry of pain please don't came in the voice of a young cadet please please don't flap but i just will you little limp came in lou flap's harsh voice i'll teach you to play the sneak but i-i didn't mean to do anything really i didn't answered the other but i felt so sick and i-oh i know you moss for two pens i'd break your head for you and then came the sounds of several blows in quick succession it's flap cried sam he is beating somebody most shamefully it's little Harry moss returned tom leaping to the front the big bully why can't he take a fellow of his own size he rushed around the corner of the boathouse and there beheld a scene that aroused his warmest indignation harry moss was crowded into a corner and over him stood lou flapp beating him with a heavy boat chain flapp had just raised the chain for another blow when tom ran in and caught his arm stop he cried you let harry moss alone startled at the interruption lew flapp turned when he saw both tom and sam his face fell what do you want here he asked sulkily i want you to leave harry moss alone answered tom oh rover please make him stop pleaded harry he's trying to kill me no i ain't retorted flapp i'm only giving him a whipping that he deserves it's an outrage to strike anybody with that chain said sam you needn't put your oar in sam rover but he just will and so will i said tom give me that chain and he tried to pull it from Lou flapp's hand let go screamed lew flapp and began a struggle to keep the chain in his possession he struck at tom hitting him in the shoulder then tom got mad doubled up his fist and Lou Flap received a blow in the left eye that made him see stars. Oh, he howled and dropped the chain. Tom Rover, I'll get even for that, mind that. What do you mean by attacking Harry Moss in such a disgraceful fashion? Because he's a snake and you know it. I know nothing of the kind. Didn't he go and blab on me to Captain Putnam? About what? Lou Flap paused and eyed Tom and sam curiously i reckon you know well enough he remarked slowly but i don't know anything do you sam not a thing so far as i know harry is all right is he sneered flapp well i don't think so what was the trouble about harry asked tom turning to the small boy don't you say a word shouted lou flapp in alarm if tom and sam rover don't know already they needn't know at all so there evidently you don't want harry to talk said sam suggestively he's a sneak i tell you and you are a big long-legged bully retorted tom for two pins i'd give you a good drubbing <clears throat> do you think you can lick me blustered flap who felt certain he could best tom at fisticuffs i don't think so i know it said tom coolly don't you fight him tom said sam in alarm he only wants to get you into trouble he'd like nothing better than to see you lose your position as lieutenant he's afraid sneered Lew flapp all of you rover boys are mere bags of wind i don't think you found a dick a bag of wind flapp yes i did now you clear out and let moss and me settle this affair between us but this was not to be for harry moss was already at the doorway of the boathouse and now he retreated to a safe distance if you hit tom rover or sam i'll call mr strong cried the little cadet don't you do it said tom i am not afraid of Flap, but he's so big tom i don't care for that tom had scarcely spoken when lou flapp watching his opportunity leapt forward and planted a blow on his chin that sent him staggering back into sam's arms now come on if you dare he cried all right came from tom as he recovered and like a flash he flew at lou flapp before sam could do a thing to stop him blow after blow was taken and given by each of the cadets and tom was hit in the chest on the shoulder and in the left cheek in return flat got one in the right eye that almost closed up that optic and then came a blow on the nose that made the blood spurt in all directions good for you tom cried sam dancing around forgetful of what he had just said about his brother getting into trouble that's the time you did it now give him another again the two boys went at it and once more tom was struck in the shoulder then lou flapp aimed for tom's face but the latter ducked and recovering hit the big boy a heavy blow in the chin that made his teeth rattle and sent him staggering over the side of an upturned boat and flat on his back hurrah cried sam that was almost a knockout tom now give him to understand sam broke off short as a warning cry from harry moss reached his ears all eyes turned toward the doorway of the boathouse and a second later george strong the head teacher stepped into view End of chapter 13